Good morning. Brilliant. Uh, well, some of you would have heard me speak last week. Sorry? Oh, yeah, release the youth. Go, you want to hear, stay here. Because I'm, I'm talking about kind of quality streets and giving out quality streets. And um, not in the kind of literal sense, I would like to have done that. I, didn't, I wasn't that prepared. But just in the kind of the, what we're going to do today is, as part of just kind of thinking and beginning to prepare for Christmas, we want to just create an opportunity where we throw out a whole load of different things. If you have a notepad, you might want to take notes. If you, I know people sometimes take pictures or slides, because we're going to cram in a whole load of different things, like a quality street box. And um, sometimes there's, you know, when you have a quality street box, some of you have like your favourites, yeah. And those are the things that you'll delve into, and you'll hopefully recognise some of those things. But there'll be some things which are maybe new to you. You think, I wonder what this is. You know, you normally look at the back and, and, and kind of read the instructions on what is in this particular suite. And, uh, and so I'm going to give you a whole load of new things as well, hopefully, that will help you as you think about Christmas. And so the way we're going to do it, it's going to be a, a, a kind of two act. I'm going to do the first two points, and then Katie's going to stand up and do the, the third point. We're going to talk about... Pausing, oh, I'm in charge of this, aren't I? Pausing, pondering, and preparing for Christmas. And um, the idea of kind of pausing is in relation to the present. I don't know about you, but just life can just get hectic. It sometimes feels like I'm a hamster. I know I don't look like a hamster, but you kind of feel like sometimes you kind of like, no comments, please. And um, for some of you in particular, and uh, it just feels like you kind of just, life is just running and running and running. And what the thing that we wanted to do was just to kind of create an opportunity individually and as a church just to pause. You know, like with a remote control sometimes, you just want to just pause everything. Just let everything slow down. Am I the only one where it just feels like life just feels like it's rushing, particularly this season? So we're going to have a time to pause in the present. Then we're going to have a time just to ponder. And ponder is, is, is kind of looking back over this year. I know it's not the new year, but it seems a good time of year as well, just to kind of catch our breath and ponder. And then Katie's going to stand up and just look about even just the near future, which is kind of preparing for Christmas. So let's just kind of begin just by pausing. You know, the Bible actually has a word. It talks a lot about pausing. It actually has a special word for it. It's called selah, which means pause, which means being still. You often find that in the, the Psalms. And there's a particular verse I want to look at in Psalm 46, verse 10. And it says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And the context of this verse is interesting because it's talking about being still, but the context is things like mountains crumbling, earth giving way, there's fighting, there's chaos, there's trouble. You know, it's not the kind of the, what you'd think of as the most ideal environment to be still and to pause. And yet in all that kind of chaos, all that kind of things that are happening, David encourages us, to be still and know that he is God. Now, the idea there doesn't mean like be still, like kind of physically just stand in one place. The idea of stillness is a kind of an attitude of heart, of kind of stilling our hearts, of all the kind of things that are happening around us. And sometimes a lot of these things that are happening, these mountains are crumbling, these kind of fighting that's going on, is actually happening in our heads. Again, maybe it's just me, but sometimes you have all these thoughts just bombarding your head and just wanting just to pause 
and be still. He actually starts off in verse 1. I'm going to give you the whole passage uh, in a minute. But it says, you know, this passage starts off with, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And I love, we're going to be doing psalms next year. And I'm like, if I get to do a psalm, I'm going to do this psalm. Because I can't have enough time to unpack it. But I just love that idea that in all that kind of chaos, it says, be still. Do not fear. See, the psalmist is applying the logic of faith. If God is our real refuge, if he's our real strength, and we're aware that he's a very present, it's not like he's distant, but he's present, he's with us here in these situations, that will naturally cause us not to fear. That will naturally cause us to be still. That's the theory, and that's the truth. But that's easier said than done. When you have all these things sometimes happening around you, mountains crumbling, conflict all around you. It's a great psalm in Psalm 131, verses 1 to 2, and it says, My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. For I have calmed and quieted myself. I am weaned like a child with its mother. I am content. And this idea that I have calmed and quieted myself. And so I didn't want to just do tour. We're going to just have a time where we just begin to that, where we just begin to pause. And there's various ways of doing it. There's something called centering prayer, uh, which I'm not going to go on. But if you know, at the back of a church, we have certain leaflets. We don't actually have centering prayer. We haven't got any in stock. I'm going to order some. But it's a very simple way of just beginning to slow yourself down. Another way of doing it is just to look at a passage. So uh, I've got a passage. Centering prayer. Coming up, this is the actual Psalm 46. And another way of doing it, like I said, I'm going to throw out a whole load of quality streets. This is your third quality street coming up now. It's what's called soaking prayer, which is just laying, soaking music, just letting music just play in the background. And so we're just going to have a couple of minutes. I'd love to be able to do longer where we're just going to play a, a song with, it's got no kind of words to it. And, and this, as this time we're just pausing. You could pause just by looking at this passage, just letting it mull over it. Or you might want to just shut your eyes and in the stillness, just let this music just play. And just let God just speak to you in that. So when we just play the music, let's just get a glass of water for David, that would be great. And just be still.
to learn just to pause. Sorry, I couldn't give you longer. But we need to learn. Whatever that looks like, centering prayer, soaking music, just taking a passage like this one, we need to learn to begin just to slow, slow down. The other thing we need to do is learn just to ponder, to reflect, because it's so easy just to rush through life that you don't get to kind of ponder and reflect on the day, reflect on the, the year. And, um, you know, this whole year we've been doing something, if you're, not, if you're new to this church, you won't realize, we've been doing something called the, you know, the year of biblical literacy. I was just looking for some of my old notes, uh, some of the talks that we did in, in January, and we talked about that. This year was a year when we wanted to encounter and dive into the, in the Bible so that we would encounter God in a new way. And hopefully you have, hopefully for some of you are just going to read in the Bible, some of you are um, just going to come into church on Sundays and hearing us as we looked at different bits of the Bible. But again, I want to just take time just to ponder um, over that. And um, just to be still again in that place of stillness and ask God to bring things back to mind. Maybe it's things you read in the Bible, maybe some of you I've seen them around actually, Mark. Um, you know, some of you might have signed up to get prophetic words this year. And it's very easy to get a prophetic word. Maybe you got one in January or February and to rush on from it. And I wanted to create some time just to reflect on what has God said to you? And allowing to speak to you. And um, you might think, well, that's a long time ago. But the Bible says that he's going to help us. It says there in John 14, 26, you know, that the Holy Spirit reminds you everything that I've ever told you. So again, I'm just going to give you a few minutes just to ponder because the idea is we want to encounter God. So as I put it there, what did you learn about God this year? We're not going to do the bottom bit. What did you learn about yourself from the Bible situations? What do you learn from the Bible that you still need to put into practice? And so again, you, you probably need a good 10 or 15 minutes to do this, but I said I was going to give you a whole load of quality streets that some of them you're going to go and have to go away and chew and mull over later. But I just want to give you just a couple of minutes. Just begin this process. If it seems like difficult, just ask God just to speak to you. So we're just going to have a couple of minutes of silence and just ponder over what God has been saying to us because we don't want to rush ahead. It's all well and good saying God give us daily bread if we don't appreciate the bread and what he's given us in the past. Oh, I love the stillness. I could stay here for ages. Particularly when you've got lots of children, you appreciate stillness. But I'd encourage you to, again, just take that away. Again, I, I, I can't give it justice, but there is that importance as followers of Jesus, to take time to ponder, to reflect. Reflect sometimes on the days, reflect on the week, and just ask God, what is he saying? God's taking us on a journey individually and as a church. And my desire wouldn't be at the end of this year, we kind of like say, right, we read the Bible. We've done this year of biblical literacy. We are going to do a little bit more next year because we want to delve into it more. But not go away changed because that's what it's all about. So now that we pause, now that we ponder, let's begin to look forward into this Christmas season. And Katie's going to talk about preparing. I'm going to stay up here because she needs help with the projector. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm... Am I on? Yep. I'm super excited about Christmas this year. It does feel like there's rather a lot to prepare, though. Usually I'm a last-minute sort of person, but in recent years I've found that can be really stressful. 
um, and often actually more expensive because this sort of panicky, I've got to buy something feeling descends upon me. Am I the only one? Uh, so this year I decided to make a list, well, uh, several lists actually, and I asked every member of the family about their hopes and expectations for Christmas. So some of our greatest stresses are caused when there are unmet expectations. So it's good to get to hear about them in advance. We talked about what food they would like and what they would not like to eat. Uh, Brussels sprouts featured quite highly on that list. Um, decorations, presents, stockings, friends, family, that sort of thing. But we also talked about how they feel they best connect with Jesus, how they'd like to celebrate and remember his birth, and what we might do to bless others this Christmas time. It was actually a really useful exercise, maybe one you'd like to try yourselves. There were lots of ideas, obviously, for presents and food, um, but one of my children suggested going treasure hunting as a thing that they would like to do. That's listening to God for clues, then following those clues to find people um, to encourage or pray for. Uh, one of my children wanted some space and time to be quiet in bed. Uh, I think probably quite a few of you could relate to that. Um, but being quiet in order to talk to Jesus. And one wanted to have a jamming worship session. So, Part of preparing for Christmas in our family is also going to include uh, planning in time to do those things and also to watch the nativity on TV. I don't know if you've seen the BBC version. It's fantastic from about two or three years ago. So as I was getting ready for today, though, I was thinking about the very first Christmas and what did preparing look like for each of the people involved. You can find the whole story in the first chapters of the New Testament um, in Matthew and Luke. You might find you relate to one or more of the characters. But let's start with Mary. She's a young teenage Jewish girl who loves God and has been hoping and expecting to get married, but suddenly finds herself pregnant. She's told by an angel not to be afraid that she's carrying the Son of God. Now, preparing for Christmas for Mary probably included lots of painfully difficult conversations with her fiancé, her parents, and her other relatives. How could she be pregnant? Who was the father? Or how could you do this to us? And how does Mary respond? Well, firstly, she goes to spend time with someone who will believe in her and encourage her. That's her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth greets Mary warmly and says this, You are blessed. Blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. That's Luke 2.45. Wow, what a verse. I love it. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. That is truth. And one that Mary will probably need to cling to in the difficult months and even years ahead. Secondly, Mary takes time praising God, all despite the shame and probable danger that she's in. In those days, there was a very real threat. She could be accused of adultery and stoned. Luke 2, verses 46 to 55, includes this stunning prophetic song, which Mary sings. Some people call it the Magnificat. You might not feel you relate much to Mary, but maybe you're anticipating some difficult conversations this Christmas time. Honestly, I think we are this year. Is there someone you know who you could be asked to be praying for you to encourage you or remind you of the truth as you approach Christmas? 
or you might like to come and ask for some prayer after the service. So how about Joseph? Joseph is a good man, practical, pragmatic, tries to do the right thing. His hopes and expectations, he'd been hoping to marry Mary, only to discover she's pregnant and it's not his baby. He had been expecting to make the long journey back to his ancestral hometown of Bethlehem for the Roman census and probably stay with relatives there. Bethlehem would have been full of cousins, aunts, uncles, and in that culture, it would be fully expected to host a travelling guest. But with an obviously pregnant Mary with him, no one is willing to put him up for the night. Despite the lack of phones, internet, Snapchat in the first century, words clearly reached Bethlehem, and Mary and Joseph are humiliatingly shunned by everyone. So how did Joseph prepare for Christmas? Let's read this bit of the story from Matthew's account. If you'd like to follow it in the Bible or on your phone, it's in Matthew chapter 2, verses 18 to 25, or it's, it's also up on the overhead. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then from verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So Joseph's way of preparing was obedience. It sounds simple, but it must have been really costly for him on many levels. He'd already had a plan, a good plan, or felt like a godly plan anyway, to bring closure to this messy part of his life and hopefully not to cause Mary any further disgrace. But God's plan sounds so huge and unlikely. God's message to Joseph is, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So for some of us today, preparing for Christmas might mean simple but costly obedience to what God's spoken to us. It might be something specific which God's laid on our hearts and we need to hear, do not be afraid to, you can fill in the gap. Or it might just be a daily saying yes to him and choosing to put him first in our lives. Obedience is so precious to God. The wise men. This is one of my favourite pictures of the wise men. <laughs> it makes me smile. Traditionally, it's thought that the wise men travelled from somewhere around Iran, Iraq, possibly Saudi Arabia or Yemen. They had to prepare for a journey that would last several months to reach Jesus with no sat-nav, Google Maps, no motorway service station, which you mean to pop into for five-minute loo break and spend half an hour there. The wise men were also prepared by bringing generous and meaningful gifts to Jesus. That's probably where our tradition of gift giving comes from. 
But as I say to our children, even now, when we're chatting about Christmas and the presents that we're hoping to give or receive, wouldn't it be weird if it was someone's birthday? I usually use the example of my, my dad, actually. Wouldn't it be weird if it was grandpa's birthday? We had a huge party. Everyone gave each other presents, but no one gave anything to him. Wouldn't that be weird? And how often do we do that at Christmas with Jesus? When our children were little, we used to put a candle on the Christmas cake and sing happy birthday to Jesus. I was really keen that from a young age that they grasp that Jesus is all about celebrating Jesus' birth. So what might you do to prepare to give something to Jesus this Christmas? Shepherds, how about them? I'm not actually sure that they prepared for Christmas at all. Perhaps a better word for them would be ready. Were they ready? We don't know if they were a happy bunch or if they were sitting out there at night with the sheep, feeling cold, maybe hungry, maybe a bit grumpy, bogged down with the state of the world, fed up with politics. Does that sound like you or someone you know? A bit grumpy, bogged down? <laughs> or possibly like them with a limited income, finding it a struggle to pay their tax and other bills. They were certainly ready for change. And when the angels came with the wonderful news that the Messiah was born, it says in Luke 2, verse 16, that they hurried to see Jesus. And after they'd seen him, they were unstoppable. In verse 17, it says, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had told them about this child. Maybe you relate to the shepherds. Perhaps you're feeling rather downtrodden by life. Or perhaps you're just ready for change, ready for an encounter with Jesus. Let's just pause for a moment and right where we are, tell, tell God if you're ready for change. If you've been following Jesus some time, you may simply want a fresh encounter with him. Or perhaps you're just starting to explore faith or maybe you're here as a visitor today. The Bible talks about Jesus knocking on the door of our hearts, waiting to be invited in. So let's just take a moment now and invite him to come and meet with us. Amen. If that was the first time that you were trying out talking to Jesus and asking him to meet with you, then we'd love to chat with you after the service. You do come and find Paul or Nigel or somebody in the Connect area, and we can tell you some more. Finally, the, sh the angels, how did they prepare for Christmas? Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14 tells us this bit of the story. You can follow it in your Bible or it's on the overhead here. The shepherds and angels. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth 
to those with whom God is pleased. I don't know if you've ever imagined it, just the whole sky filled with these glorious beings. Have you ever wondered if they had to practice? This was without a doubt their most important gig ever, announcing a royal birth, the king of kings, God coming to earth. I do think it's interesting, though, that they weren't tasked with finding a perfect venue for the, for the first and best ever Christmas party, or even decorating it to make it fit for a king. Instead, they're given just two jobs, worship and proclamation. It's so easy for us to get distracted, isn't it, with um, peripheral stuff at Christmas, delicious food, decorations, getting the Christmas tree just right. I won't tell you whether ours gets rearranged after the children have done it. Um, So whether we absolutely love it or do it because we feel we have to, it's really not the main thing, is it? What if this year we put right at the top of our to-do lists, like the angels, worship and telling other people the good news that will bring them great joy? So I don't know if you've got a diary app or something on your phones or maybe you've got a paper one in your pocket. Let me take a minute just to plan in time to prepare for Christmas by worshipping with others or on your own, maybe with a CD or YouTube or by reading a psalm like we did earlier and remembering how great God is. If you've got a diary, you could do that right now. I find if I don't actually write it down, these things don't happen. And let's think now, who am I going to share this good news of great joy with? Who do you know that needs peace at the minute? Who needs joy? Perhaps you've noticed a lonely neighbour or a troubled work colleague, a harassed-looking shop assistant, maybe a big issue seller or someone in the park or at the school gates. Or maybe you'll be seeing a relative who you know really needs some good news. This can feel awkward, I know, but this really, really is good news. I find it hard. But let's try and push past the embarrassment and share this precious gift with others. I honestly don't find it easy either, but I'm looking forward to hearing and hopefully sharing some great stories of how we've managed to step out in this area. So to wrap up, no pun intended... How will we prepare for Christmas? Is there someone who particularly sticks out to you from the Christmas story? Mary, anticipating difficult conversations, but looking for somebody encouraging to pray with. Joseph, stepping out in in obedience to what God's calling you to. The wise men, preparing a gift for Jesus. Or the shepherds, ready for change, wanting an encounter with Jesus. Or like the angels, taking time to worship and telling others the good news. Am I back on? Yeah. Well, I did say we were going to cram in a lot, didn't I? And, um, but we need to learn to pause, to ponder, and to prepare. And I'd encourage you, yeah, we're taking some time this morning. We're going to have a time of ministry around communion if you're gonna um if you've been asked to help with communion if you could come to the front now that would be great and begin to kind of do it and spread around but you're saying that it's not just for today it's a thing that we need to do probably on a kind of daily basis is learn to pause to ponder and to prepare ourselves and we're going to do that around um communion and um 
because as we prepare for Christmas, we need to pause and we need to ponder. And one of the best things that you can pause and ponder about as you come to prepare for Christmas is what we celebrate through communion. Through communion, we, just, we take time just to remember the body of Jesus that was broken through the bread, the blood that was poured out, which we represent through, I don't know, it's not wine, but yeah, through the juice, that's the word I want. And so we're going to have a time as kind of a part of our ministry time. It's going to just be a coming to pause and to ponder the reality, the victory, the transformation or because of what Jesus did on the cross and to say, God, we need that. However you identify with any of these people, we need the power and the reality of the cross to outwork it. Be it, be it Mary, be it Joseph, be it whatever it is. And so I'm going to pray and then I, I'd encourage you, if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, whether you'd call this your regular church or not, doesn't matter. If you call yourself somebody who, as Katie mentioned earlier, you have invited Jesus to be in charge of your life, then just find whichever and can, can a communal area is closest to you and go to it. Where's gluten-free over there? And gluten-free is over there. So I'm just going to pray and then just begin as part of our pausing, pondering, and preparation. Come and take communion. So God, we thank you. We're celebrating this time of year that you came to be born, but you came to be born to be the saviour of the world. And you are the saviour of the world because of what we're celebrating now. Your body being broken, your blood being poured out. And we thank you that that wasn't the end, that you are resurrected, that you are ascended, that you are overall. And Lord, it talks about taking communion, strengthening us in body, mind, and spirit. And I pray, Lord, that as we take communion today as part of our preparation, that you will give us the strength, you'll give us the wisdom, you'll give us the peace, you'll give us the joy that we need, Lord, as we outwork ark on our own journeys of Mary and Joseph and the wise men and the shepherds, God, and the angels. Amen. So why don't you begin just to um, come to whichever kind of communion area is closest to you unless you need gluten-free, which is over here.